Hey, NetSuiteers. Welcome back to the OdoCloud NetSuite Community Podcast, a podcast made by NetSuite Consultants for NetSuite Consultants. I'm once again sitting in with OdoCloud co-founders Osariyamu and Hadarain, and today on the docket, we'll be discussing such things as what exactly differentiates OdoCloud from different consultancies. Ahad tells a funny story of a HR vetting process that he had to be involved in, and we also introduce the possibility of OD Cloud panel discussions. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening. So first off, Ahad, you, you just you know kind of uh, got into this uh, space with us. Uh, so how are you doing? I already asked how Osar is doing. Osar is tired. He was in the phone booth. Um, but yeah, how, how are you doing, Ahad? Uh, hey, Angela, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good so far. Um, we've seen some, you know, uh, spikes in terms of how, how busy it's been and it's getting busier and busier, which is, which is of course, good. Uh, it's been a, a little challenging and, and different as well. Uh, you know, for me, this is a, a different role altogether, but uh, so far, so good. Uh, you know what? Expand a little bit on yeah. that, because I definitely want to hear more uh about uh everything that we've been doing it sounds like everything's been going like you said extremely well um so yeah um kind of expand on on how um how that's been going as well as you know how comfortable you've gotten in your current role as new as it is to you yeah absolutely absolutely so um i mean i think one of the the craziest things i've seen is and and coming from uh, crazy i mean in a good way so coming from a, a background working at you know, larger consultancies hand, handling, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and even millions uh, of dollars in value of, of contracts, right? Um, seeing kind of like our, our goal here at OD Cloud is to do things differently, right? To reduce friction. And I've been a part of these discussions where you're meeting with clients or prospects for two to three months uh, at a time. You're documenting requirements and scoping and all that. And then you put a contract together, which takes hours and hours, like, you know, anywhere from uh, eight to 16, if not more hours to put together with a resource allocation plan, project plan, so on and so forth. You deliver that entire package to the client and then, you know, fingers crossed, you hope the client's going to sign on with you relative to a competitor because there's other competitors that are doing the same thing. Right. Um, uh, what I've noticed is, of course, you know, uh, clients are going to choose the best option in that at that point. But for them, they're still signing on for something that's a pretty large investment on their part. And they're taking on a huge risk. Right. Like I've seen, um, um, you know, in my in my past career several years ago, there I mean, there there are people that, we're, that we work with whose career, uh, whose careers and their jobs are tied to the success of. Uh, a digital transformation or uh, a NetSuite project or implementation, for example. Um, and so it's a pretty um, heavy exercise. So there's a lot of decision-making that goes in. Um, I mean, I'm proud to say that we signed on a client within like two days, two-day turnaround, right? It seems unrealistic, but let's kind of explore that example and like try and understand why we were able to accomplish this. That's one of the things that we try to do here at Rode Cloud is, is reduce the friction, build confidence very quickly, reduce the risk that clients see with respect to, um, you know, uh, trying out our services. We have, we have the confidence that we're going to win them over by, by way, uh, by way of our performance, but helping them, you know, get over that, hump and say, okay, let's, let's sign on with OD cloud. Let's give these guys a shot, you know, and working with them very quickly. So I'll, I'll give this example and dive into it a little bit deeper, but we had a 
you know, a client just reach out saying, we need help with our advanced revenue module. Uh, you know, we, we have a deadline coming up in two weeks. We probably should have reached out sooner. You know, can you guys please help us out? Right. Literally, they reached out to us, I think, on the Thursday. Uh, we got them meeting with a resource on Friday. And I believe the following Monday, yeah. you know, they had signed everything and they were good to go. So it was absolutely insane. Right. <laughs> like you would not think. And, and they were. And, and so far, I mean, I've been meeting with this client uh, week over week. The deadline's coming up. They're super happy with the work that's being performed and really grateful uh, that in such a short span of time, we were able to help their team out. Uh, so significantly because they don't have a NetSuite expert on their team. So coming from those two, uh, you know, coming from, I think the reason why my role is uh, here is different is first of all, I'm in a business development capacity and I come from an uh, implementation background to a lot of people that might be, um, you know, uh, disadvantageous. But for me, I consider it advantageous because I, I you know, when, when um, you're speaking with a prospect, they want, they don't want the sales pitch. They want to know you're, you're going to understand their business. You, you know how to solution and you're going to, you know, the only way you can build confidence is by truly understanding their need and not by telling them, Oh, we do things this way and that way and showing them all the flashy stuff because there's too many people doing, they don't, they don't need to see that yeah. stuff. Right. It's a waste of their time. Um, and then secondly is uh, um, you know, our approach to, to moving fast and moving quickly uh, and seeing kind of like the lengthier timelines in my past experience where there's so much friction, so much involvement both from both sides. Uh, you know, even you're working at your fastest to turn things around and there's constant discussions, negotiations, redlining of contracts, 20, 25 page contracts that are being read and, and, and dove into. And then there's still issues in those contracts <laughs> later on, right? It's not like, it's not like you're never going to encounter issues or change orders or anything like that. That's just the nature of business in itself. Mm -hmm. So why do we have to go through the process of having these lengthy contracts and such? So seeing that difference and being part of that change and transition, I think is what's been really rewarding. And now we're working towards streamlining that process even further um, as we continue, right? Our business development efforts and increasing our partnerships and so on and so forth. So uh, I think that that was our first, I think uh, Ozar, correct me if I'm wrong, that may have been the quickest one we've done. Um, and I mean, I'll pass it to you to cover uh, and see if you have any additional input to add on that. Yeah, I mean, officially, and thanks for you know, talking about this experience because it is something that we worked hard to kind of to architect, right? And when you see it in effect, it's like, wow, actually everything that we've done so far to make no two really friction actually works, right? There's probably some people from me. Sorry about that. Um, so I think just to kind of add to that, there are a few things that I want to highlight from this experience. So I think your first call, you add the expert in your room, right? That's one thing that's really kind of critical to our model is that the first time you're talking to the sales guy or because I had this plain sales guy role, right? But again, he's there in that room and sometimes the if the client wants to speak to a developer, that person is just right there. <laughs> so in that first client call, you're actually problem, problem solving already. If it's something that's functional, I had can really dive into it and get them the response they need. If it's more technical, we have a development guy sitting there. If it's for manufacturing, the guy that's doing manufacturing just sitting there. So we can actually use that first call to actually dive into the details, right? That's one. And the other thing that actually helps a lot is the, is the, business, the business model that we have. Right. We don't expect our clients to know everything they want once they call us. They have pressing issues, they have projects they have in mind, and they have ideas for the future. Right? We tell them, hey, we can start this easy. You have pressing issues, let's start with that. 
let's engage for a month. Let's block some time out. So you know exactly, exactly how much time I'm going to be devoting to your account. If in a month from now, all the pressing issues are gone, and you want to stop there, great, move on to something else, call us back when you need us. We don't try to lock them into this, as I had just mentioned, like you know, this almost sometimes million dollar project or million dollar engagement. We say, if you only have 20K right now, 10K right now this month, let's start somewhere. And that first month is critical for us to actually getting on board and knowing their business and being able to work with them on an ongoing basis. All the partners out there, they're looking for that big, big win, right? Let's make this customer pay one, like, you know, 50K up front. Uh, we don't do that. It's like, let's, let's get to work and see what's in there. And if in a month from now, we, are, we actually realize it's not 10 hours a week, but more like 20 hours a week type of work, then we are flexible to have that discussion. And we tell them up front. If in, if in a month from now, we actually think it's not 20, but 10, we'll reduce the plan. If it's more, we'll have a discussion and we'll, and we'll actually increase the plan. And that's something that actually makes them sign quicker because they know we're going to have that exercise as they work with us on an ongoing basis. So I, had, I think those are the two factors that we've kind of engineered in our model that once you see that happening in real life, you know, you have a developer answering technical questions on the, on the sales call. That never happens in our industry <laughs> because they are further down the line, right? When the customer have gone through all this crazy process, then you get a developer that doesn't actually know what you want. <laughs> that happens a lot. And the fact that we don't want them to sign up you know, for such a big you know, contract up front, we want them to see what we do. And if they want more, we can always have more. If they want less, we can reduce. So those are really two factors that I think actually make a difference here. Nice, nice. Uh, I think first of all, I want to say, um, you know, Ahad, we very much appreciate your perspective. Uh, I, I think it's it's very important to remember. Um, I mean, I, I was listening to the other podcast and I, I think I noticed that it was becoming a lot of a call and response um, between, uh, you know, you and Osar. So I wanted to make sure that we, we took the time to kind of um, get your perspective on the matter and, and make sure that we put a spotlight on you because we really do appreciate you. And I think it's very important to, to get your viewpoints, uh, not just from the head of uh, business development, but also from, you know, being a former consultant that was involved in implementation and whatnot. Um, but uh, as far as, you know, the way that you framed it, so you framed it as doing things differently. Um, mm -hmm. So I do want to get very much into that um oh sorry do we still have you yeah sorry guys i'm, I'm back to my uh, my little cage the echo was way too much there <laughs> yeah so, you, you did have, have a lot of uh, ambiance yeah. in the background and i was so, like, like, so dreading to address that in post but so uh, this is live this is like this is happening you know change of scenery <laughs> here yeah just to make sure the, the audio is not too bad and not, don't, doesn't give you too much work in editing so no worries no worries all right um, but, uh, yeah, were, were you following where, where I was going with that yes. line of questioning? Um, I, I do want to pose this question to you. Um, you know, we kind of spoke in our first or second, uh, podcast session, um, to the differences between our community and such that of like Anderson Frank, I think I use as, uh, as the primary example, but I do want to kind of broaden, uh, that question there, um, and kind of riff off of that. Um, how exactly does OD cloud you know, differentiate itself between other consultancies because you know we're we're unlike any other consultancy. We're very much a community of freelancers and consultants. So, how exactly do we go about you know differentiating ourselves in that space? Um, yeah. So, I mean, coming from different consultancies in the past, 
Um, one aspect that we share here at Odi Cloud, as you would at other consultancies, is the team-based approach. Every consultancy uh, is going to have other folks that you can reach out to. I worked with consultancies that had a small team of maybe 15 people doing NetSuite, right? And and I was the subject matter expert, which scared me because I didn't have anyone I could go to for help. <laughs> at that point, everyone else could come to me for help and expected me to know the answer. Um, and then there's the, uh, and, and you know, you, you can't know everything about everything, right? So you have to kind of have some someone that specializes in certain areas. And then um, I've worked with larger consultancies where there's, you know, um, hundreds of resources, but they're not all that to be dedicated. Some of them might be on the integration side. Some of them might be in, 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 in other areas like data warehouse housing or whatever else, but, um, you know, they still bring their own knowledge and background and experience and as well as best practices, right? So OdiCloud is essentially providing that, but at a larger scale, right? You don't have to be part of a company or employed by a company to be able to share your background experiences and resources. I mean, just look at Reddit, right? I mean, people go on Reddit to ask questions and you can see there's, uh, you know, people with anonymous handles, et cetera, that are not only responding, but even providing links or resources or files or Dropbox links, you know, with resources to people just because they just want to, you know, help each other out. There's no, they're not getting anything out of it. They're not getting paid for it. They're just helping each other out. And, um, you know, the whole, the, the power of crowdsourcing, uh, right? Like, I feel like just as human beings, as we grow in our careers, like, uh, you know, freelancers, it's important to know freelancers are generally um, more advanced and more matured in their careers, right? They're not starting off. So they want to provide opportunities for mentorship, right? It almost feels good to have someone come to you and ask you a question yeah. and you can say, wow, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of valued, right? My opinion and my background experience is valued. So I'm going to help this guy out. Um, and we, all, we need that. We need that as, as, as mentors. And uh, the, the beautiful thing about it is um, uh, people that are starting off in their careers need us as well. So it's a win-win. Uh, we're just developing a platform that allows people to better collaborate with one, one another on uh, similar subject matter and topics rather than you having to go to LinkedIn and type, type a post there and then copy and post that, that same thing to Reddit and then copy and paste it to some other forum or something else and then just pray that you get a response. We're trying to build a more um, engaging community we're here at Odi Cloud, where you can have that camaraderie. You can build relationships with people, but you can also share resources from your different perspectives. Because the more that I know, like if I'm just uh, siloed into, I mean, a company in itself is te technically a silo, right? You can't go f beyond that. So I'm limited to doing things the way they are doing it. Whether it's a Deloitte or KPMG or a smaller boutique firm, I'm only as, um, uh, you know, I can only have the resources that are available to me within the confines of, um, you know, um, what's available to me within within that firm and its its individual resources. Um, we want to broaden that experience. So, Odi Cloud brings people from different walks of life, different uh, lo locations or parts of the world. I mean, right now we're prim primarily in North America, but of course this can be expanded further out. And just imagine like, you know, we're, we're dealing with a multinational company right now that has operations in Japan, yeah. right? So, so we, we may need someone that can a speak, speak Japanese, uh, uh, and facilitate those business conversations without losing things in translation. Like if we're implementing North America, Japan, and other parts of uh, uh, their business, you know, uh, that are located in different parts of the world, the the processes are still going to be the same. So being able to effectively communicate with each other and provide that seamless interaction is key, rather than them having to, 
you know, uh, hire someone else or bring on someone else just to translate those requirements and then things get lost in translation. Uh, so I think that's the key thing here is, is um, you know, how we do things differently at Odicloud is, is essentially just broadening that, providing uh, a broader level, I would say, of uh, collaboration and, and crowdsource solutions uh, for our clients. I think that's an excellent answer, but uh, I, I do want to pass the torch to, to Osar to see wow. what, what he has yeah. to add. Yeah, I mean, what do you no, have maybe, to add to that? Maybe Had you have to say a little less, so I have something to say at the end. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I think I had said everything. You know, that's perfectly. I think the biggest difference. Uh, nothing to really add to that. I mean, uh, that was a great, great summary of why we're doing what we're doing right now. Because they always say, why should your business exist? Right? I think we had this um, question during the accelerator, accelerator program falling right, falling right now. And they ask us like, why should your business exist, right? Think, just going back to that idea, why should OD Cloud exist, right? Right now, if you think of two things that's very critical in the technology world, first is knowledge, right? So you're not gonna hire a consultant knowing, thinking that person has the best technology knowledge in the world, that they're gonna have the best product built out of that person. That knowledge evolves by the second. Right, you hire someone, you went through a three-month interview for the right expertise, then before you know, something else is new in the market and that person's expertise is basically obsolete uh, after that. So so there is this no, there is this idea of you know knowledge keeps growing, expanding by the second in technology field, in, in the technology field. So you have to be really in tune with that. And the only way to get that level of expertise is through crowdsourcing. You have to ask enough people to make sure your solution is the best. That's one. And the other thing that's also kind of, again, back to the same community uh, aspect of crowdsourcing is the fact that with now remote working, people lose that, even like be, before that was freelancing. Freelancing was the only domain where people felt disconnected from you know, colleagues, having teams to work with. So that was kind of the first isolation of a worker, of, of the workforce, right? I'm basically working by my own. But now if you think about it, the entire world post-COVID is you know, it's going to be different. People are not going to go back to the office anymore, right? So now this feeling of isolation is kind of now spreading out to even like companies that have employees, right? So being able to be in touch with a community that you feel like these are my people, right? Beyond your company's border, like if you work for a consulting company, it's not the consulting company at the end of the day just give you clients, but your community is pretty much your project team, people you've met within the client. So it goes way beyond the consultant, um, the consulting company, right? So those are really the two driving forces that make that kind of makes us kind of advance in the way we have kind of built this uh, business. Is crowdsourcing technology is super important, and also making sure our consultants have like a bigger reach in terms of network beyond just you know the small consulting companies they would have been working for if they were if they were in, they were not freelancing. Right, so that's I think yeah, that's just just to add, to add those two dimensions. But other than that, I had yeah, great job in explaining all that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, we should just put that video on the website to be honest. Like uh, just that whole snippet. I mean that that basically sums up what we really want out of it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, uh, I think that was great. Um, yeah. I I did originally want to kind of touch on the development of the OD profiles, but after thinking about it, um, I know we haven't touched on it in quite some time, so I do want to rather um, talk about something that's sort of fresh in our minds right now. And uh, you know, forgive me for calling it audible here, but uh, you know, Ahad, you kind of brought up the the possibility of 
of doing panels. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to kind of workshop the idea um, as far as what do you feel an OD Cloud panel would look like? And what do you think, you know, we, we would possibly like, you know, uh, what topics would we touch on? Um, and I mean, even better, if you could highlight some of the community members and what you think that they would talk on, I, I think that <laughs> that's great. Like even like someone like Derek, who, who comes from a manufacturing background, would possibly come yeah. from, from that viewpoint, right? So, so just using that as an example, I mean, what do you feel um, an OD Cloud panel would look like? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of directions we could go with uh, with a panel um, or or discussion topics. I mean, more broadly speaking, there's the entire world of you know where we're headed, especially with the um, introduction of COVID now and, and increase in remote work and the future of work. Right, where we're headed, what uh, what collaboration looks like ten or twenty years down the line. Um, um, and you know what uh, freelancing essentially looks like. I mean, what is freelancing in general? Uh, where things are headed, and not just from our perspective. I mean, we're OD Cloud, but let's talk to people that have spoken to hundreds of other companies all over the globe, like John Younger, right? He he writes for Forbes, and he's a he's a huge thought leader in the space. So if we could bring him, uh, for example, and and other individuals that are industry professionals uh, that may be professors in the space of technology uh, and the future of work, network effects, things of that nature that can um, help others in the space also understand why this is an important discussion that we should be having. This is not something that maybe it's going to happen. This is inevitable. This is where things are heading. So it's uh, if we don't talk about it, you're going to get left behind and you're just going to be kind of you know following the pack, so to speak. Um, so I think it's important to raise awareness about that and have those types of discussions. Um, aside from that, that's kind of like at the broad level, but at a more specific level, we can definitely bring in our freelancers to not only talk about their experiences with this uh, on a panel uh, in, in conjunction, uh, but also have separate breakout sessions with them or completely separate sessions where we bring in, let's say we bring in a client that's in the in the manufacturing space and we bring in someone like um, um, Derek, you know, who may, uh, or anyone else who's worked with that client and we talk about some of the pain points that they had, how we were able to overcome them. Because I guarantee you, if if uh, if if not everything that they're saying relates to someone, parts of it would relate to um, what other clients are likely experiencing. Um, and I think it's important for us to have those discussions and kind of understand how, you know, it's not always the solution. It's rather how you got to the solution and the approach that matters as well. Um, there's a hundred ways I can I can solution something, right? Whether it be I go the crazy route of customizing something to hell or <laughs> I take a more reasonable route of, uh, you know, maybe finding another tool, a third party tool to manage something. But um, at the end of the day, you know, we want to we want to discuss the various approaches. We want to discuss how we were able to overcome barriers and and uh, have those deep dive discussions as well. So other clients are able to relate and then see um, you know, how we do things here uh, at Odi Cloud and the level of visibility that we provide, right? I mean, we're not afraid. I mean, most most uh, companies have their own internal messengers and Slack channels and whatever else. We uh, encourage our clients to join in on our platform and our Slack channels so they can see how we collaborate. They can even ask questions directly if they want uh, and get feedback from um, our resources that are, that, that are available. Um, so, um, you know, those are some of the ideas that I had in mind with respect to this. And then Ozar, I know we just started having this discussion. I don't know if you had um, some ideas in mind about where to take this, uh, you know, whether demoing the platform or something like that would be something of interest to you. But, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, having a panel discussion, I think that, I mean, that's something I've had in mind for the longest time. Because, uh, you know, if you think about freelancing, just talk about some numbers, right? Right now in the U.S., there are 35% of people 
uh, in the workforce that freelance, right? 25% yeah. of the workforce freelance already. And that was, so the studies before COVID said like in 20, by 2027, um, about 50% or more than 50% of the workforce in the US will be freelancing. And that was pre-COVID, right? But if you kind of think of how our platform grew right before COVID or, after, or like right, right within COVID, I think that number is going to be reached in, the, in a matter of two years, right? It's not going to be 2027. It's probably going to be two or three years earlier. So majority of the workforce actually freelance, you know, at some point within the next two or three years. So think about that. I think that discussion itself needs to be held because if you think about the companies we work for, first of all, the people that work with us are never the HR people. So HR, if you think of the job of HR for the past, you know, 100 years, whatever, you know, they've been, you know, finding full-time resources, bringing talent to these businesses. Their role has to be redefined because honestly, 100% of the clients we work with right now, they are coming from the business side. Like I'm a business person, controller, CFO, I need something done. I go to HR, HR follow their model, their processes to get someone in. It takes three months. They, they get tired of it <laughs> and they come to OD Cloud and in a matter of two days, we have someone in the business doing exactly the work they needed to do and the HR is completely disconnected, right? So that's even that discussion itself needs to be held. Like HR role needs to evolve in the sense that we could we should, we should actually talk to HR and say, here's what we think is happening in the market. Here's how we think you can leverage our platform, our resource pool to tackle some of the challenges that you have within the business. It shouldn't be HR competing with all these guys out there which are us, and we are much faster, more effective. So that discussion itself, so I'll probably just add to this panel, someone from the HR, right? Some, you know, some of the biggest talent in the HR field and see how, this, how they feel about this. Because honestly, HR isn't really doing, I mean, I don't think they understand the, the impact of this on their jobs or on their function. And right now I can see anyone winning, I can, I can see any HR winning against our model. I mean, there's no way you can get someone as quick as we do, uh, you know, in this field. HR has too many roadblocks and processes that doesn't really fit with what's going to happen in the next two or three years. So, yeah, that's kind of what I think the panel should go. It's really kind of thinking about what are the existing things that businesses do that won't work in the modern, you know, in the modern world of tomorrow, right? Yeah, and I mean, on that subject of like HR, I mean, I find HR to be pretty disconnected from uh from what's actually needed for a particular role. I mean, there's a reason, I mean, HR has a function, of course, finding the right candidates and th that are a culture fit or good candidates for, for a company, for sure. Um, uh, by no means do I, do I want to discount that, but what by, for example, you know, um, if I'm like in, in majority of the cases, even if I speak to a, a business systems manager or a, at a company, uh, or any other technology lead at that company, if they don't have some level of NetSuite understanding or background or any or any sort of experience in that specific te technology domain, um, I can I can likely you know um, just give them what they want to hear to be able to get the job. Yeah. Right? 
And then, and then when I get the job, it's basically like fake it till you make it. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, I mean, why, why it's HR, uh, you know, hire, hiring and onboarding and uh, is an expensive process. And one wrong decision can set you back months because instead of just having identifying this candidate wasn't a good fit and moving on to the next, now you spent all these resources, training them, bringing them up to speed, building all these relationships. And then four or five months later, you find out, okay, you know what? It doesn't look like this is working out. You know, you're going to do one of two things. A, you're either going to go find a consultancy or OD cloud to come in and help this person out, right. Uh, to help fill that gap, or you're going to, uh, you know, start searching for, for somebody else. And it's, it's very, very difficult to find people uh, right now. And, uh, um, that that cover multiple areas. We see job descriptions all the time where, oh, the person must know NetSuite, Salesforce, Coupa, and this and that. Like, I mean, <laughs> there's no one like that. I can guarantee you. I mean, if there is, that person's probably, you know, a very, very hard to find resource that's likely not going to leave where they are. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's very difficult to find someone that knows everything in all those domains. And I think it's even more important to point out that it's not necessary for you to find someone. Like, I would rather have three people that, that are experts in each one of those areas rather than have one person that knows all three because i guarantee you that those three individuals are going to bring in a better uh solution and experience because they're masters of their domain versus one person that knows a little bit about everything uh you know tying them all together um so there's there's pros and cons to each approach and i think it's important to to make that distinction and kind of understand um you know um how how easy it is and uh, you know if I may take some additional couple of minutes, this, this reminds me of a story, actually, when I was in uh, California working for a large tech company that um, we had a, a, we had someone that uh, they had hired as an additional consultant to come on board. Um, and then we learned, I think two or three weeks into their onboarding that um, uh, this person was uh, coming over from, from India, I believe. And we learned that the person who did the interview wasn't this individual at all. Yeah. So it was someone completely different that they placed for the interview. And I was shocked. I'm like, I can't believe that there's, there's people and services out there. You pay them top dollar and they'll put someone else in place and get you the job. And then you kind of just go there and then you figure it out on your own. Yeah. And so we were like, why does this guy, like, you know, I was, I was telling my manager, I'm like, I'm having to teach him everything from scratch. Like, I don't, you know, I don't mind doing that, but you know, I, I, is it a language barrier thing? Like what's going on? And then we started to look into it and that's what we found. So there's just, there's a lot of, you know, concerns around here. And, and I just think, you know, having the right partner to help you out that knows the space that knows how to vet these candidates is very important. I just wanted to ask a hard follow-up question because uh, I, I love stories. I, I love hearing stories. I love retelling stories. And I think it's very important that we continue to have fun stories on this on this podcast. But how exactly did you guys end up finding out about the switch? Like, did you guys like show a picture of the dude and was like, was this the guy that interviewed with you? And he's like, no, that wasn't the guy that interviewed with me. Like, how exactly did that process go? Do you know the details? So I, I, I actually was not part of the interview process. So I don't know if it was a, it was, if it was really a picture thing. I don't, I don't believe so. I think that um, uh, there were a couple of phone calls. And honestly, like, you may think that this is weird now, but about four or five years ago, we didn't have video interviews or Skype interviews yeah. or anything like that. It wasn't a thing. This just became a thing where we're all on video now, right? Back then it was a phone call. I remember my interviews for that job were two phone calls. So if you just go with the phone call approach, anyone can pick up the phone and, and you know, give you the right answers. And then they can place some somebody else there all together after you give them the go ahead. It could be two hour long, uh, two, two hour long interviews, right? Um, I only ever did one interview that was a video interview. 
um, in my entire career. That was when I was relocating, uh, you know, from California to Texas, where we did like a two or three hour case study type interview with a uh, with a client. And that was on video. That was my very first experience doing anything like that at that time. So it may seem odd to, to our listeners to think that this is, oh my God, you know, from what age is it from? <laughs> this is only like a few years ago. <laughs> so actually, I have, a, I have a story that kind of goes in that line. I know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't put a name up here, but let's say when I was working for a big consultancy. So here's one thing that happens within this, like on the sales cycle of a big project, right? So you have this proposal period, everyone is, you know, all these big falls are building slides and everything, you know, making it look pretty. And it's funny, there was one time, I mean, actually a few times I was working on proposal exercise, like building the slides, right? I would definitely, you know, would technically go out to find consultants that would fit that project. But the criteria wasn't expertise specifically. It was those guys that, you know, you know, good looking guy, you know, looks sharp in, in his suit. And technically, you know, that if they go on that call with the, with the client, they'll convince the client that they're the right guy for the job, right? Because the clients want to probably screen a few of them, get get them on calls, even go for the interview at the client on the pre, on the pre-sale, as a pre-sale process. But day one of the project, like I was part of those projects, I never appeared on any slides for the presentation of the team, for example. But day one of the project, let's say, just, just, let's just say this a little bit the way in, uh, politically correct. So you have a cool like, slide team, cool looking people, all sharp. And the first of the project, you have, you know, you have people completely different. And this sometimes could be like color difference. Like that's how obvious it would be. Like your entire team is all people from, you know, from a certain group of, uh, of, 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 of the population. And the first day you see, you know, see me, I'm, I'm a black guy. It's obvious that you haven't seen me before, right? It's not like you're trying to guess, you know, when this guy, like, you know, oh, this is okay, cool. But if you look at it, if you look at the pitch deck that this, the, the company sent, there was no black guy. And that's all, for me, it was pretty obvious. It was not like a, a voice thing. It was obviously, this guy was not the deck, right? He looks cool. He has, no, he has a nice suit. He's not a pretty cool guy, but that's cool. But end of the day, that's what happens a lot is that, you get the people that take those interviews that are very good at taking the interviews. They know what they know exactly what to answer, and uh, that that looks great. They get the job, they get the project, and the day one of the project, you have a completely different setup. And clients sometimes they get used to that because it's not the same person that did the interview that's going to see on the project, right? So sometimes it doesn't even matter because on the day you had the interview with someone from the HR from the leadership team, and they want the project you working with the people that needs the project done. So which is kind of going back to our approach of having the, the technical the technical guy in the room at the time you talk about sales, right? So if that person joins that call, you technically know that at some point that would be the person doing the job, right? So there's no disconnection there. So we like to have the people that we need the consultant on the first call. Like it's not the CFO on the call that's talking about what they need. It's mostly can we get the person actually on that, you know, on that operation to join our, our sales call? Let's hear from him what what a person think they need in terms of expertise and let's get our expert at the same time so that connection is there you know they have already shaken hand already spoken together and once we get to the contracting side everyone knows each other right so the first other project still the same guy so that's something that's really common in consulting like it's not the people that get you the deal that actually going to get the job, the job done in terms of uh, team structure so yeah so i completely echo with that because i've been on the other side i wanted to have my face on the slides and they told me, hey, Osa, not for this one, maybe next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to clarify, it sounds like that happens more than once. A am, I, am I incorrect in saying that, Osa? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like everything, right? It's like, uh, you know, if you go on a cool website, if you go on the website, you know, you have a bunch of people in there, you know, on the team, 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 uh, team page of a website of any company, 
yeah, you have the, the, the executives, right? But again, everything in consulting is all about also being uh, selling. So you're selling, you know, you're selling visual, you're selling some, some branding, you sell a bunch of stuff. But again, I'm not going to point any fingers at anything, but it's the same everywhere. You know, if you have it, if you have a sport team, yeah, of course, Ronaldo is the one that shows up on on every ad of you know of, of, of his team, even if you know he's not the best player for that season, but he's the most good looking. What you know, kind of. No, I think the idea is basically you know you have to say use your client at some point, and the criteria they use is that probably the one they should be using. Uh, for us, is technically the expertise to shine more than you know how good you can talk on an interview, uh, something like that. So that's kind of the approach. Right? Consulting is all about you know showing off very strong in the sales call, uh, making sure the sponsor of the project, the executives of the company understand that these guys have, you know, some good talking skills. But end of the day, sometimes it's very different when you get to get to work. You need someone that can, that can actually execute. And most of the time, it's just two different people. And yeah, it's just about being brave enough to show that face on the sales call, say, hey, this is the guy you're going to have for this project. Yes, he has an accent. Yes, it doesn't come from this place that, you know, uh, come from a different country. He has a different background. He didn't go to uh, MIT. He didn't go to Harvard. But he's the best guy for the job, and he's going to show you why he's the best guy for the job, right? So that sometimes takes a bit of courage, and we don't we don't shy away from that, right? And we pretty much have a very diverse community, so I'm super proud to show up anyone in the sauce call and say, hey, this guy's the best guy with, on this job. So trust us about that, right? Something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. You're, you're very much speaking to, you know, um, presentation, having, you know, a, a face um, associated with a certain product or a certain service. And, and then, of course, you know, having someone that actually brings about those products yeah. and services. And I, I yeah. think, you know, we see that a lot um, in every single space. So I think it's very yeah. important to address. And I think, um, you know, it, it's just really fun to hear these stories. And uh, yeah. I love when podcasts kind of go off on the tangents and, uh, yeah. you know, these well, things kind of come up. I think just kind of make sure I I broaden this conversation a bit. It's not just about the color differences or accents or where you, where you come from. I also think that gender also plays a big role. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yes, you work in technology. It's not often that you have, you know, there's very few women in this space. Actually, there's a lot, but again, the visibility is very minimal, right? So for some reason, you don't feel like, you know, a, a woman as a project manager or as a, you know, as a, developer is not going to show the same you know uh, thing that you want to like you probably as you go through that sales cycle it doesn't seem like something that you want to show up front that also happened in our industry like i know many amazing consultants girls in this business super good but again visibility wise they don't get that, vis- that visibility that they deserve because you know it's a tech world you know the cio is a tech guy you know the cio is a, is a guy everyone that's going to be making that decision are all men right so you tend to follow that trend to put in a team that's all male, you know, uh, based, right? Because, you know, you know that that's how they're going to be thinking. You know, a tech guy is obviously a guy, right? Not all, It's not, not always true. So I would say if you're a girl in tech, you also suffer from that lack of visibility because, again, you are part of the project team that will come in first day, mm-hmm. but you're probably not going to be on that sales deck. Uh, of the team, right? So, sure, just make uh, sure this, yeah, this is not just like you know, color accent. It's more like in you know, a broader thing about having that tech guy being a guy, right? right. <laughs> I think maybe we need to have a panel just for yeah, just, the just for that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> just exactly bring on the ladies and have them hire some other women to yeah. really, you know, chime in and be more visible. But even you know, join in in the field if they're if they're interested. I mean, I am seeing a lot more 
younger females that are that are interested in going into this field. There's a few that have reached out, you know, asking about opportunities um, at OD Cloud. Uh, but of course, they're they're you know, again, whenever you're younger in your career, male or female, excuse me, it's harder to make that jump to freelancing. Um, you know, because you're kind of starting off, you're kind of like molded into that mindset of I need to work a nine to five job and have that pay coming in, you know, months a month rather than um, it takes it takes some more experience and more, uh, I think, uh, autonomy and confidence, uh, you know, after you build that experience to be able to say, OK, I'm going to go off on my own and I know what I'm doing. Um, so uh, so I think that uh, but I do think that that would be a great idea for us to get uh, some of the ladies uh, in our group. Uh, Raina comes to mind along with some others that we may have, you know, in the group, um, both experienced and some that are just starting off so they can share their perspectives and, um, uh, you know, uh, have an opportunity to kind of share their hurdles that they've overcome and so on and so forth. Because I, I, I do think that um, there are not enough of them and I want to kind of hear their stories and see, you know, what we can do overall as a community to make it easier for, uh, for them to be able to uh, get the same benefits as uh, as men. Now, the cool thing about OdiCloud is that uh, you can't come to us and say we distinguish on on pay based on gender and all this other stuff because yeah. <laughs> we're all standard across the board. Yeah. You know what, what you're getting is what anyone else is getting. There's no differentiation based on seniority, based on anything else. At least at this point in time. And one of the things that I do love about uh, OD Cloud is everything is transparent, like to the bone. I mean, you'll, you'll know exactly what you're getting. And if, it's, if there's any discrepancy, you know, we have basically nothing to hide and we're, we're not showing the clients one rate and showing our freelancers another rate type of thing. Everything is out in the open. So you will never feel like, you know, oh, I wonder how much they're charging for my for my work and how much, you know, OD Cloud is walking away with. We're not interested in the, um, you know, uh, like our bread and butter isn't coming from the incremental uh, marginal rates that we charge, you know, to be fully transparent. We're here to build a community and a platform that will hopefully organically grow on its own. And that's what we want to use as a, as a driver for our revenue is basically, you know, help clients, help freelancers get the most uh, uh, for their careers and the clients, clients get the most value for their, for the money that they're putting in. And, that automatically will, you know, flourish. It has to, right? It has to flourish and um, provide uh, a place where where engagements like that can continue to happen, and and it's a win win situation. Yep. <clears throat> right. Um, I I love these moments when I can just shut up and listen uh, <laughs> because I I had all these ideas and I wanted to present them as well right after OSR brought them up and I, I think when you guys just kind of go off and, and start exploring these uh, ideas and, and workshopping I mean it's just incredibly here and I love experiencing uh, this podcast with you guys uh, it really gets to gets to show off your guys' expertise and, and the ideas that you guys come up with and you know very much the brains behind OD Cloud um, you know I, I very much have been thinking about running um, not a panel, so to speak, but more so just an ODTV interview with the ladies of Cloud. That way we can kind of get their perspective uh, for their perspective. And uh, I mean, I would love to have them on a on a podcast as well. But uh, trying to think about the logistics of doing so is incredibly difficult because I don't want to necessarily just have um, one woman um yeah. in a <laughs> yeah in, in a single room with me ahad and osar um i would love for everything to be equal and kind of bring in you know uh you know someone like Raina, someone like sarah someone like you know even someone new like like nina or um even uh you know uh, what should we call it uh leah 
from mm -hmm. uh, from the Philippines. Um, I, I very much have been wanting to speak to Leah for quite some time, but uh, not to call her out or anything. I noticed that she uh, left the OD content uh, channel because she has other channels to uh, other content to kind of explore, and I very mm -hmm. much understand that. But uh, mm -hmm. I do want to kind of get her perspective as to um, you know her um, her way of going about yeah. content creation um, yeah. in NetSuite at least. Um, but kind of bringing it back to the panel um, topic real quick, uh, I, I do want to kind of address the timeline that Ahad, you might have had uh, in mind for the panels. I mean, when exactly do you feel OD Cloud would be in the best place to begin a panel, if not, you know, right now? Yeah. I think um, what we want to do is definitely, um, you know, I think uh, for, for me, timing is good in the next, I would say, probably four to eight weeks um most likely i mean in the summer i would like to kick these off and um continue them into the into the uh fall but i of course you know there's challenges with scheduling depending on you know whomever it is that we're bringing on i think what we want to do is start with someone um uh you know start with a smaller one internally and then and then go go broader but i can see these being rolled out fairly quickly here within the next four to eight weeks um you know we'll probably need to have some more uh, discussion and internal alignment on this, uh, but what we'll do is definitely keep everyone updated on our um, LinkedIn um, and, you know, definitely, uh, you know, follow our LinkedIn if you haven't already. So you're updated when these events go up and we'll be sharing them uh, with all of our connections so they're able to join in and participate. And, um, you know, if someone does uh, join in on one of these sessions or is listening to this podcast and wants to be a part of a panel or has an idea, please don't hesitate to reach out and bring that up uh, because, you know, we're more likely than not open to exploring any and all um, ideas that are that are brought to mind and uh, would appreciate, you know, participation from uh, from anyone that can bring a unique perspective. Right, right. Um, oh, sorry. Um, any, anything to follow that up with? I mean, when, when do you feel that the perfect timetable would be for, for our OD Cloud panel? Yeah, I mean, I think technically we already started. I mean, this discussion is kind of, you know, a uh, preceding that, you know, larger discussion. We have a lot, lot of topics that we'll kind of just touch upon very quickly here. So many of these topics needs to bring in additional experts and, you know, get some other opinions from, you know, from different people. I think the logistics of it is going to be, I don't know if LinkedIn, I don't know if you have like the LinkedIn video, um, live video stuff. I think I have to think of the logistic of it. I would really like for this to be easy, not so much about preparation, but more about let's let's talk about stuff, free format, you know. I think that's really what it, for me is gonna be the the hardest is really trying to get it to be as simple as possible. So we get our guests not not to be ready quickly and not spend too much time in you know, kind of making that happen. So yeah, the more the easier it will be to roll out this in a very platform that allows us to have a lot of people that can join the conversation either from their phone or from their laptop, uh, be able to publish that right after just to make it easy content to put out there and make our guests feel comfortable that this is a safe place to, you know, to have discussions. And uh, I think, yeah, I think for me, that's really the challenge is making this as simple as possible so it doesn't become, oh, we have to prepare for this uh, panel and it's going to take weeks just to get started, right? Right. So, right. yeah, that's the only thing I have. Other than that, I think we've already had, you know, we've already started having these discussions, making the group a little a little larger. It's not, it's not a big concern for me. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that's, that I loved when I was researching panels a, a long while back 
um, was the idea of having everything. Uh, actually, it actually uh, con- coincided with what I came up with uh, for the OD demos is when you actually record the video and then you have the live Q&A, right? That way you don't necessarily have to have that presentation live and you know, you're recording all of those those mess ups and everything like that. The consultant would have the opportunity to kind of pre-record all of those, um, all the info that they want to present and then afterwards have that Q&A live uh, for everyone to kind of interact with and make sure that everyone feels included in the panel and make sure that it feels interactive, you know what I mean? Uh, so I think we could basically do, do the same thing with our panel discussions, you know, you very much have the panel pre-recorded um, sure. and then go about having that live Q&A or people just in the comments. We could do it on Zoom. Uh, we could do it uh, using a number of different platforms. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one one panel that I attended online during COVID was actually the, the social media platform um, later. Who oh, yeah. Had their yeah. recorded panel. And I, I went mm-hmm. through the entire day where they just had panel discussions and everything was pre recorded. But you had people in the comments kind of interacting with people through social media. So people were interacting through Twitter, people were interacting through Instagram. And that's how they were able to get that interactive, um, you know, actionable um, things between them and the audience, right? Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to kind of explore that. And, you know, Ahad, you mentioned doing something smaller. I think, you know, we can possibly have that uh, coincide with the launch of, you know, OD Social or OD Feed, right? We would just have a whole panel uh, on just kind of celebrating the, the community so far and, and making sure that everyone kind of understands that this is a launch party. You know, this is celebrating yeah. OD Cloud. Um, you know, th- those are just ideas I want to throw out there. Um, that I've been thinking about, um, but uh, yeah, we've we basically come to the end um, of our podcast session. Unfortunately, we have no longer any time for the Ask Angela question, so we're gonna have to save that. Already, no, there's a quick question I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean next time, next time, let's start with that. I think next podcast, I want to actually work on that. Prepare a few questions for Angelo. Oh, we're gonna no. make this dinner, so. Ask Angela a question. That's our that, that's our icebreaker, basically. You just have one <laughs> session questions with Angela. Just yeah, exactly. Forty five minutes. Of, no, no one, minutes of question. <laughs> no one wants to listen to that. This is a NetSuite oh, Odi Cloud Community Podcast. Um, but uh, no, there's very much a reason why I try to save that towards the end because uh, I love hearing what you guys have to say, and oftentimes we go over time, so uh, yeah. it means that yeah. I no longer have to ask or answer any questions. <laughs> Um, but, but uh, thank worry. you guys for yeah. Go ahead, Osar. No, don't worry. I'm I'm actually working on a few questions for you for the next one. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, we'll see if you remember. I know you guys are busy guys, so uh, <laughs> we'll see whether that becomes a thing uh, next session. But uh, otherwise, thank you guys for for sharing your guys' perspectives um, and your viewpoints. Um, this you. was a really great session. Uh, we came up with a lot of great ideas, and I hope we continue to workshop them in uh, in Slack as well as you know the OD feed. Yeah. Thank you very much, Angelo. Thanks, Ahad. No problem. Thank you, guys. All right. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.